Welcome to episode 172 of the Twim Show. This is your host Sajid and today I'm going over the notable news and updates in the digital marketing space from the week of July 31st through August 4th, 2023. First off, uh, OpenAI has announced GPT Bot. Now, let me unpack that for you a little bit. What does GPT Bot mean? So what happens is, as you know, Google has Google Bot. That's the uh, name they've given to the Google crawler that goes around the web, accesses your website, and then they identify themselves as Googlebot so that, uh, you know, you know when Googlebot has arrived, Microsoft Bot has arrived, and OpenAI has been crawling the net, and, you know, obviously you site owners wants to know that OpenAI open has visited their site and have uh, crawled their information and probably be using that information for some of the outputs that you may or may not get. Okay, so now obviously it's called GPT Bot. Now there's two things you need to know. Number one is you can allow or disallow the GPT bot. And to do that, you are going to use your robots.txt file. And we have talked about robots.txt file in our show previously. Uh, again, robot.txt, basically, it's the file that exists in every website, and it kind of sends an instructions to the robots. Uh, in this case, GPT bot or Google bot or Microsoft bot or any other bots saying, you know, hey, you can crawl, you cannot crawl, you can crawl these pages, you cannot crawl those pages, things like that, right? So it's quite common. Uh, it, and it doesn't matter whether you're using Wix, Square, Webflow, or WordPress, or Joomla, or Drupal. Every website has a robot.txt. Something you may see it, something you may know about it, or you may not know about it. Anyway, so now, obviously, you can allow or disallow. Whether you, What you should do is up to you, right? Uh, do you want GPT bot to use the information on your website to in its output? Or do you don't want it? If you say, I don't want to, then you obviously disallow it. And if you want to allow it, you want to allow it and you kind of set that um, uh, instructions as to what you want to allow and what you don't want to allow. Uh, with that, folks, let's move on to the next update. This is on a Google Ads front. Google has released uh, Google's responsive search ads guide. This is, I guess, uh, they had done this something like this last year, uh, if I remember correctly. Again, take a look at it. If you're new to responsive search ads, then this would be helpful. Again, responsive search ads allows you to give them uh, Google 15 headlines and four descriptions, and Google is going to mix and match depending on what's going to the searcher is searching for, and he's going to try to closely match to maybe, hey, if they're searching for discounted hotel tickets, maybe this headline is going to go well with this description. And Google is up to the machine language. Um, and, you know, you need to do it. Expanded text ads has been removed. So obviously you have to use responsive search ads. So uh, if you're in the space and thinking, uh, considering responsive search ads that you want to learn more about it, click the guy link in the show notes. At the same time, if you're a business owner, you should be doing this by yourself, right? Uh, you should be having an ads person and hopefully uh, they already know this. If they're new, uh, then obviously this guide works for them. Next up, YouTube Shorts. YouTube Shorts have added six new features. Number one is Collab. This new feature allows creators to film a short alongside with other YouTube Shorts video in side-by-side -side format. 
I've seen some of those in let me think in Instagram Reels and maybe in TikTok as well. So this is pretty good. Uh, they also have multiple layout options uh, are available. Q and A stickers, mobile first vertical live creation suggestions, which basically means you can now automatically bundle the audio and effects from a short you may be remixing. The platform can surface the same audio timestamp from the short you just watched, and then the same effect as the creation suggestion. Content creators also have the option to mix and match and a shorts playlist. Uh, what that says is that creators can now save shorts to playlist directly onto YouTube, transform horizon horizontal videos into shorts. That's the seventh one actually. Um, that's being uh, it's in beta, where you will be able to choose a video to remix, adjust the layout, zoom, and crop, and turn it into a shorts. So basically, if you have a big, long video or a wide video, 1080p video, or maybe a 4K video, you can actually mix that into a shorts video. That's the bonus one. Uh, I mistyped over here, but basically the first six are uh, multiple layout uh, options, mobile first, vertical live, creation suggestions, content creators have the option to mix and match, shorts playlist, and the one I really like is the collab. And talking about YouTube YouTube has also has created this option where they're testing this option where you know they are using AI to generate video summaries it's not replacing video descriptions that you as the creator is going to put in the video um, but YouTube is trying to take that video trying to see uh, what it understands about the summary and then putting uh, you know generated summary now you have to understand uh, that generative AI produces a lot of misleading untrue and confusing statements and contents so and Google has been taking a lot of you know a methodical approach and rolling it out slowly and making sure that it does not um, put out something that is completely untrue even though you know it has happened in my case where I've used Google Bard to ask a question and it just made up a whole story the dates and the way it said it as if it was true but when I check the dates and look it up on the calendar it's totally uh, that day and the date and the day does not match right and this is not me saying uh, bashing up Google it's me just saying you know you need to be very very careful if you are taking whatever comes out of a generative AI whether it's Google Bard uh, chat GPT or plethora of out there uh, you are in for uh, trouble is all I can tell you. So obviously double check whatever you get back and you need to use your own, uh, you know, thinking power to decide if it's really true, if it makes sense, things like that. Now coming back, uh, same thing with generated AI summaries. It's kind of good. I'll give it a try, but I wouldn't say closely... Uh, Close your eyes blind and copy it blindly. Do not do that because remember, this is not a substitute for video description. Although for this uh, Twim show, I put I do put the show up on YouTube, on our YouTube channel, just as a place to archive things. And I've seen, uh, I don't put a whole lot of description. It's just like, I don't like to write. So maybe the descriptions are going to help. I'm going to see how this works out for our shows and we'll take it from there. Now, moving on to the SEO front, uh, this is something very interesting where, you know, someone was asking uh, Google's John Mueller, hey, 
what if my content, my page on my website links to a high authority site such as, um, you know, Wikipedia, CNN, things like that? Will that get me uh, higher? Uh, will that get me uh, brownie points in the SEO world and will I rank higher? To that, John Mueller said, absolutely no, it doesn't matter, right? Uh, so he's just saying, uh, and he, he was, I think, being sarcastic when he says, here's my affiliate affiliate site about handbags handbags and here's a link to cnn and wikipedia and please take me seriously now and give me uh, some you know credit so what it all boils down to is like yeah there are some seo practitioners out there and this is what even john Mueller acknowledged is there are a lot of seo practitioners who are going to say hey we have created this content and it links to cnn and we links to i don't know white house and department of XYZ, a government site, so you're going to rank higher because we're doing this as an SEO work and absolutely that doesn't matter. What matters obviously uh, is, you know, is the content relevant, helpful, things like that and is the link that you are providing in your site, in your page, in your blog, in your document, right, whatever we call it, is that helpful? Does that provide additional unique value? Like for example, uh, going back a few uh, updates back, we I talked about uh, Google uh, providing, uh, what is it called, responsive search ads guide, right? And I have the link in the show notes. It is providing you additional value. Why is that? Because if you really want to read and what's in there, you're going to click on that link and follow it. Right. I'm not just linking it. Here's a site to the Google and Google, and I'm linking every other thing. Right. I'm not linking to John Mueller's LinkedIn profile and things like that. So that's the thing you need to understand and you need to stay away from SEO professionals who says that, oh, I'm going to link your I'm going to write content and I'm going to link it to high authority sites and you're going to get higher on the search engine uh, results page. You should run away from them. And talking about those search engine results page and ranking higher, the other question that came up is keyword stuffing. How many times can you use the keyword on a page and not get penalized or how many times is too much? Right. So to that, John Mueller says, look, there is no hard and fast rule, but usually up to 10 to 20 times uh, in a page uh, is kind of okay, but it's not like one size fits all. And here's why he says that, and here's what I want to exp you to understand as well. Number one, you could have a 500-word page, right, content, 500-word, uh, let's just say it's a blog. You don't want to stuff 10 times search marketing, search marketing, search marketing. It becomes very repetitive. So what John Miller is saying, does it really make sense for you to use it 10 times, right? I mean, you know, 10 to 20 is kind of okay-ish, I mean, depending on the size of the content and what you're trying to convey. And I've seen, you know, I've seen sites, I've read like, you know, product descriptions or product reviews, and I've said this thing uh, repeatedly, uh, office space in Maryland, office space in Maryland, office space in this. You kind of know it was written for search engine to game that whole thing. It was keyword stuffing and they followed this thing called keyword density and those things do not absolutely exist. So John is saying, look, write good content. If it's there, It if it makes sense to for that word to be there, yes, use it. If not, do not put it there, right? And obviously, if you overdo it, if you do it, let's just 100 times, it's obviously your keyword stuffing and you're going to get penalized. You don't want to do that. You just want to have that enough for the reader to be okay with it and not feel like, holy shit, this thing is like pain in the rear. Hope that helps. Now, a few 
shows back, I've talked about Google has changed how they handle trademark policy violations. Now they have rolled out a form that you need to fill out. So up until this point, what you have to do is to appeal a trademark violations, you just have to do a one click and send their stuff back to Google and it was up to Google to review those requests. Now obviously I'm pretty sure my understanding is that you know a lot of people kept on clicking it for every little thing and now Google has come out with this form which is quite similar somewhat long, it's going to take you some time and you need to explain and then you can submit and then you can appeal a trademark violation. So the link again is in our show notes page just in case if you want to know where how to file an appeal to or for a trademark violation. Other than that, there's nothing else for you to do. It's just that my, my understanding, it's of my opinion that People have overused this function as a result. Google is like, you know, we're going to make it a little bit harder uh, so that people are not just going to filing a trademark violation appeal left, right, and center. Last update of this week is how, what if you have banner ads? Does, can you block Googlebot from indexing it? If you have banner ads and that banner ads exist in every page of your site and you have, say, say 500 pages or 5,000 pages, does that penalize you? This is a very interesting question that came up on Reddit and John Mueller says, hey, number one is you cannot, uh, you know, stop, you know, you cannot instruct Google or I want only my main content to be indexed or I don't want you to index my banner ads or anything in this banner, in this headline. So John Miller is somewhat right, somewhat right. And at the same time, I will say, this is why you need to know semantic HTML. Semantic HTML, again, I've covered this a few shows ago. I just don't remember the episode number on top of my head, but semantic HTML is basically telling you, you should know the semantics of HTML and how HTML breaks down. There are two elements in HTML that you can actually use and safely tuck away banner ads and repetitive information without worrying about penalization or without worrying about ranking drops and things like that. The number one is you should put all your content, the main content of your site inside the main tag, which is sits inside the body tag. Right. Uh, again, I'm going a little bit technical here and I'm trying to explain to you is obviously in an HTML, is document starts with HTML tag on the top, then head, then body, and then whatever goes in between, right? Um, and so inside the body, you should put the main tag and inside the main tag, you should put the main content of your site. That's one. The other thing is that what if you have ads in inside of your main main content, right? You want to sprinkle some ads or call to action. So, hey, we're running a promotion and you don't want it to be again showing up again and again uh, on your you know page because when Google crawls, Google is going to be like, this is repetitive. This is like this site is um, engaging in something uh, non-kosher. So in that case, what you can do is there is the other tag called aside, A-S-I-D-E, aside tag that kind of tells you uh, or in, that tells the Google bot or any of the bots that, you know, this is advertisement, uh, do not worry about it, uh, ignore it. So John is somewhat right over here when he says that, yeah, you cannot really pick and choose what content should be, uh, you know, indexed and what content should not be indexed. But at the same time, you can make it easier for the bots, Google bots, Google crawler, Bing bots, Bing crawler, open a GPD bot that, you know, hey, just so that, you know, this is my main content. These are my ads and ignore them. Now, it doesn't necessarily have to be ads. It could be, you know, a promotion or whatever it is that you want to repeat again and again. The other thing is, you know, obviously there are reputations like 
such as table of contents or site layout things, navigation things. But Google kind of understands those are navigation and it ignores those things. So long story short, what I'm trying to po point out to you is if you have repetitive content that is not table of contents, that's not the navigation, then you really want to take advantage of this main uh, tag as well as the aside tag and depending on how it fits your uh, business case. Uh, and that should be, uh, you should be good to go and not have to worry about anything else. Alrighty, folks, that's it for this week in marketing. Now you know everything to be in the know. This is your host, Sajid Islam, signing off. Until next week, take care. Bye-bye.